Hi, welcome back to Just for Farmers. Uh, Jim Smith, the funny farmer, has left us. That was fascinating, Paul. Uh, what did what did you what did you take from our chat with Jim? A number of things, actually. One of the things, the first things, was the importance of laughter to life. Mm. How important that is when even when we're feeling there's no laughter around. You know, we can find laughter. We actually can find laughter sometimes in the blackest of areas as well, dark humour. Um, and that was the first thing, the importance of laughter to keeping us going. And the second one was the importance of diversification, maybe getting off your farm, having an interest outside your farm, and how that can actually help maintain the mood when things are difficult. There's the Very two true. That as well. Yeah, the, that, that's, that second point was the biggie for me. It's how, it's how we can slip into a not a negativity but a, a malaise of this is how it is when all around us is not only majestic nature beauty and wonder and awe but actually some really funny stuff as well and sometimes we don't we we dwell too much on the other stuff rather than the fun and the beautiful stuff so yeah that that's something for us to work on so as well they just again without we can just sort of start off this session too seriously we've got a fairly big mental health challenge in the agricultural community we know that men in particular <laughs> i thought it was about you and i then <laughs> we've got dave we've got a really big mental health challenge right? you could be right on my part but sorry paul carry but on we've always got a mental health challenge <laughs> And the beauty of this conversation, actually, is is the laughter comes along with the sadness almost. The two things are good bedfellows is that we need to talk as an industry about how we feel, you know, and yeah. how we keep our mood up. Because we all know that farming has is very cyclical. It's seasonal. We know that. But we can have a great summer. We can have a terrible summer. We can have, you know, a good carving, a bad carving. We can have various different um, uh, periods in the in our farming year. And how do we keep ourselves uh, buoyant and up when things are getting tough and and we know that one of the things we want to do is talk about it which i think is what we're planning to do this morning let's talk about it yeah yeah and and even if you're not the kind of farmer who genuinely wants to talk about stuff or get off the farm or get yourself a hobby whatever that is and <laughs> maybe maybe you can use your skills because one of the things that farmer jim alluded to was the abundance of skills that you as farmers have that maybe some of you at times can take for granted that other people greatly value so uh, you know you you can fix the tractor with a leaf a bit of mud and some string you know you you are you are capable of turning your hand and fix make mend and do and people would pay for that in fact you know there are tv shows about people who take things to a farm and get things fixed what if you and your center become the place where the community come and get things fixed maybe that could be a diversification use your skills if you were to write a list of the things you can do you would know more than an awful lot of people around you and jim said didn't he as well that this is the time there's an awful lot of interest actually in farming now we're talking about how do we we've talked in previous episodes of how do we get young people involved in the industry how do we get them interested but there are more farming programs on television now than there's ever been <laughs> You know, for whether it's um, you know, on all the different channels, they've all got their own version of a farming programme. Some are a bit more gritty and some are a bit more fluffy, but they all show. So people are interested in what we can show them about farming. So now is the time if we're thinking of doing something different um, or using our skills, as you say, opening up our farm to bring your bring your your go kart to the farm and we'll fix it for you. <laughs> you know, maybe this is the time to do it. Yeah, why not? And 
in order for that to happen, though, we as individuals need to... I think we need to work on our self-confidence, our self-worth, our self-esteem. Many of you perhaps have heard the expression imposter syndrome, but do you know what it actually means? I mean, Paul, do you see much of that as a problem on farms? I, I see it as a problem everywhere, to be honest. I think there's um, the imposter syndrome, as it's called, is almost I don't deserve to be here or I'm uh, something happens and actually I don't deserve it. Or I'm, I'm, it can happen quite often with award ceremonies and things like that, where people can get quite embarrassed about somebody nominating them for a farming a farm of the year award. On other hands, people go, yeah, great. It's fantastic. But we can often downplay what we do in the industry and we can often and some people don't want the limelight they don't want to be sort of seen by other people or held up as an example whereas actually it, it we know that not only does that lift you the farmer it lifts the team if we are you know, pushing ourselves forward maybe for award ceremonies and however skeptical we are and however well it's just a big opportunity for a big jolly um what it actually does it just lifts everybody everyone talks about it for a while even if you're just nominated for some sort of award it really can help that whole self-esteem thing that you're talking about there david not just with you as the farm owner or the farm leader all the members of staff that suddenly stick their chests out a little bit and say yeah we're nominated for an award so we we, we there is that imposter syndrome of let's let's in fact almost from the whole industry sometimes it's let's not everybody let's not show everybody what we really do because the, <laughs> general, the general public might not like it. Whereas what we're seeing with the amount of programs on television, the general public are interested. It isn't just the yeah. animal rights activists or the climate change uh, brigade that are interested in knocking farming. There are also people that want to know where their food comes from. They want to understand how their food is produced. So. The time now is to is to put the imposter syndrome to one side, stick our chests out, and go out and talk about what we do in our industry. My my friend Andrew Adrian Harding, sorry, not Andrew Adrian Harding, has just written a little book of his memoirs, and he's got he's he's one of these people who had a fascinating life. Things have happened to him along the way, and he's met some incredible people. And the title of his book, I think, is a great metaphor for life, which is "It only matters if you care." Mm-hmm. Now, he said that that could work one of two ways. So your life, it matters if you care. And farmers do. They care about the land. They care about their family. They care about the community. They care about the livestock. They care about their crops and the yields and the machinery, the plant and the, the homestead. And they, they care. But also, if you're concerned about what other people think, um, it only matters if you care what other people think. You, know, you can actually just let it go because all we need to be is the best version of ourselves we can be. And you mentioned imposter, um, sort of expanding a little on imposter syndrome. One of the areas I do some work in is chief exec groups. These are business owners who have got a turnover of anything between half a million and three, four hundred million turnover. So, you know, they're big employers as well. And you would expect them all, without exception, to be incredibly competent, very professional. They're just human beings like all of us. They are human beings. And the number of them, Paul, I see, who they get to a certain level, and it's as if one day, just one day out of the blue, they walk into their company, their factory or the office, and they just go, they look around them and go, I'm responsible for all this. 
oh my days, I'm going to get found out here. I'm just, I'm just Dave from Cheshire. I'm, you know, all of a sudden they get this massive overwhelming burden that makes them start playing safe to protect what they've achieved. When all they've done to get there is push, be dynamic, be the leader, be the improviser, be the creator, be the kind of person that farmers listening and watching this are naturally. But then they get to a certain level and go, oh, well, we need to protect this now so we don't lose it. And then they start behaving and thinking in ways that are counterintuitive to the thing that's got them there in the first place. And that, to me, I see imposter syndrome kicking in then. I see it in farming, David, exactly yeah. the same principle where um, often second generation will then t- you know, take the farm on, they'll expand it, they'll grow it, they'll add acreage, they'll add new machinery, they'll add livestock and they'll grow and they'll and they'll expand. And then they suddenly hit the point where, well, now I need a team of people to help me. And suddenly I'm not sure I can do this anymore. And this is a bit scary. And and then, as you say, we can start to get protectionists and say, well, look, you know, you're now damaging my business. And the whole thing can start to, to fall over because really had a lack of confidence of that next level. You know, you can wing it so far, but then there comes a point where actually I can't wing it anymore. I need to know what I'm doing. And I think that that's when lack of confidence can really kick in. And it's often yeah. when people look for outside help. They look for consultancy support. But it is that. Uh, so how do we how do we build our confidence Dave, do you think if we're getting to that stage in our businesses where we're starting to get that, <laughs> there's a lot to, to worry about here. How do we avoid our, how do we, not to avoid the imposter syndrome, but how do we avoid the lack of confidence? Or I suppose the flip side of that is how can we build our confidence, do you think, in terms that, of our ability to do things? That is a really good question. And in my experience, if somebody just wants to do it and doesn't know how, that's different. I'd say take a leap out of your comfort zone, and I'll talk about that in a minute. Mm -hmm. But if we're talking about people who want to but are actually scared to, that's where, if you imagine an elastic band, so if you're watching this, you'll you'll see me use my hands. But if just imagine you're holding an elastic band between your forefinger and your thumb in each hand, and, and every time you take a little stretch out of your comfort zone, try something new, think and behave differently. You're expanding that comfort zone, but actually there's tension there now. And and that's what we feel like when we're taking little steps. But the thing is, is if we keep taking little steps, that tension, that pressure, the, the oh, is this right? Am I going to succeed? Will I fail? It gets bigger and bigger until one day the elastic band snaps. Mm-hmm. It's not very often that we snap in as the metaphor i think in a previous one we talked about or you talked about fledgling and yeah. fledging from the nest in there's that old metaphor in the world of personal development of you know the the bird doesn't jump until it's ready but when he does it jumps with gusto and goes for it and very very few actually have a problem most of them will fledge and fly now the truth is that as human beings most of the time when we as individuals have given something everything we've got we tend to fly we tend to we tend to do it we overcome the obstacles the hurdles and the challenges and the the knockbacks and the knockdowns if we resolve ourselves to the fact that okay there might be problems there might be setbacks i might stumble trip and fall but if you already know you're going to get back up again and just take another little step and then another little step. Eventually, that comfort zone 
snaps. And if it snaps, it can't go back. What's worse is that if we try expecting to give in, because then what we do, if any of you as a kid went to a fun fair and had to go on a bungee run, which was a bit like a, um, a bouncy castle, it was an inflatable alleyway, and you were attached to a bungee rope, a stretchy piece of cord. You had to run as far as you could down and place a thing like Velcro stick on a see how far you could run before the bungee rope pulled you back. And in my experience, Paul, I've seen lots and lots of people who are trying trying to get down the bungee run. When in my head, there's nothing in the rules to say, well, why don't you just cut the rope first? <laughs> just reach behind find out whatever it is that is stopping you is it confidence is it self-worth is it an insecurity around a desire for more or fear or lack of control security approval and acceptance and deal with that before you go and take your steps but if we jump yeah it's scary and some of us love that and some of us don't but if all we do is every day just for five to ten minutes do something that takes us out of our comfort zone we are far more likely to achieve and I, was, I, was talking to, I was talking to a farmer just this week who's a young farmer next generation who's very passionate about reading and listening. I mean, there's so much information out there that's inspiring now from other farmers mm. and other people and from people outside of farming that you can listen to on YouTube while you're on your tractor. Um, you know, investing in your own personal development for me is one of the absolute key. I was trying to think of five things we could give the listeners that that, that they can do to build their self-esteem and their self-confidence. But one of them, the first one in my head is to invest in your own personal development. You know, the, the yeah. great thing about farming community is that you all meet up regularly, you talk to each other, and we will listen to other people who are doing well. But sometimes it's good, I think, to listen outside of the farming community as well. There's, you know, there's great podcasts out there from, stick with this one, obviously, but from Stephen Bartlett's to the High Performance Podcast, there are great podcasts out there where you can listen to coaches from the sporting world that have said, well, how do they overcome that, that moment of when the elastic is stretched, you know, just because we look at people like Alex Ferguson and the, you know, um, Clive Woodward, you know, big sporting coaches that have achieved much. If mm -hmm. you listen to them talk, they will say they got to that point where they doubted themselves. And it's how do we then move beyond that? You know, great, successful people. You said something earlier. We often think they're just confident all the time and they've made it and they've cracked it. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. They no, no, no. <laughs> journey, just like everybody else. But listening to what other people have done, how they've overcome some of those things, I think is one of the best things you can do in terms of investing in your personal development. You know, Paula, that reminds me of one of my interviews I did with Top Achievers. He was a sporting guy. And he was he was actually from my home city, Birmingham. And his name was Eugene Codrington. Not someone, not a name most people are familiar with. Nope. And yet, and yet this guy, Paul, very impressively, seven times world team karate champion. Wow. The guy is a like, living legend in the sport. And <laughs> I interviewed him. I walked into his, um, I, I call it a gym. He'll hate me for that. I don't know what it is in karate, dojo or whatever it's called. And um, place, place of exercise, I would call it. Um, <laughs> and he's this huge Jamaican guy with a Brummie accent. But he's, he's one of these gentle giants, a lovely, lovely guy. 
and we were going through the interview and he he's, he was not used to being interviewed. So he was a little nervous until we got to the questions around his thoughts and behaviors when he was doing what he did. And as always, I say, what's the one thing that you do differently to everyone else around you that makes you so effective compared to those people? And his eyes just shone and he went, I think I'm going to get knocked down. Now, I was not expecting him to say that. I went, sorry. He said, when I'm preparing, well, when I used to prepare for a fight, he said, I used to assume in my head I'm going to get knocked down. So I prepared myself for that. He said, in my head, my opposition doesn't think they're going to get knocked down. So when I knock them down, they don't know how to get up. In my head, I already know I'm getting up if I get knocked down. Wow. That that for me was just like, oh, shining a light on the answer. Because if we go into something expecting that we might get knocked down, but if from the outset we go, if I do, this is what I'm doing to get up again. And he, and he, he used that ethos of look the problem in the eye, dust yourself down and go, is that all you got? And go again and again and again. He epitomized it. I was listening to a podcast and it was the, the, the New Zealand All Blacks rugby coach. And he said something very similar that um, he said when they're playing, he said the team don't look at the score. He said the opposition can look at the score. What we're looking at, if we're behind, we're going through the process that we've planned before. So he, what he would talk about was they would say, well, what happens if this doesn't work? What In their planning and preparation, let's be ready for what might go wrong. And that's a really good tip for many of us in business that actually we often wait until something goes wrong. And think, well, now where do I go? Who do I speak to? Whereas that pre-planning, that pre-thought, okay, we're about to expand. We're going to grow our farms. We're going to take on extra land. Okay, that's great. But what happens if the land doesn't produce what we thought it would or the crops aren't as good? And when you're pre-prepared in that way, in terms of your self-confidence and your self-esteem, it doesn't drop as much because you've already got, the answer's there. So I think, you know, being resilient is, I think for farming as well, is one of the key skills that we have to learn. And how do you build this resilience to the knocks that you're going to get? It's things like you've just described is think, okay, but if that happens, this is what we're going to do. If that happens, this is what we're going to do. And then when the knocks come, you're not sort of knocked off. If I'm not pushing the metaphor too far, you actually have got a way of responding mentally. Yeah. And and which which loops back to what we first talked about, Paul, which is um, if we don't know what to do, how can we learn what we need to learn to do what we've got to do? And, and, and we learn that by doing things, having a go, going on an adventure. And um, we, we talked earlier about the people who need to just take little steps out of their comfort zone. There are some people who are really comfortable jumping. And regardless of which one you're at, what Paul said earlier, is ring rings true there is life beyond the farm and you might say i've got no time i haven't got any energy by the time i finish work and everything you know the shed needs scraping and sweeping and hosing down and the the land needs uh tilling and drilling and forgive my ignorance of the terminology i've, I've always been honest i'm not a farmer but you know i need to go and check the moisture of the crops before harvest whatever it is there is always something to do so when's going to be a good day for it to be you that's at the top of that to-do list? And I'm very lucky. I'm pr I'm privileged, Paul, in that I've always had a say yes to the things you want to have a go at kind of mentality. I've always done that. So I've been on, I've had the privilege of having lots of adventures. 
you know, I've traveled the world. I've tracked in China, Peru, lived in a village in Africa, had a had a radio show, written books from businesses and walked barefoot over burning hot coals. And I've done crazy, crazy, lovely, lovely, amazing things. And sometimes if I share those in a talk, people will come up to me and go, Dave, how can, how can I have adventures? And And the answer is offensively simple. It's go on an adventure. <laughs> commit and sign up to something go and sign up to the park run go and sign up to going into a local nursing home and talking to elderly people go and um take your dog a walk and if you haven't got a dog borrow a dog steal a dog don't steal a dog if you do that say paul told you to do it but but do do something book book four holidays next year um Go go for a health weekend at a spa hotel and have a massage. It doesn't matter what it is. Sign up for an adventure. If you want to go watching penguins in Antarctica, make it happen. Let me, let, me, let me just, I, I think I'm about to say something. Of all the podcasts that we've done here, all the sessions that we've done, what we're talking about here is potentially one of the most important things that we're talking about. And as I'm right. listening to you, as I'm listening to you, because I'm in the farming industry, I work in the farming industry every single day. I can hear the mindset of the industry. If everyone's listening to this, going, yeah, yes, but yes, but yeah, yes, yes, but. <laughs> yes, but yes, but yes, but yes, but yes, but yes, but moment. So I think one of the most important things that we can say in all humility to the industry is it's a mindset shift. I wrote a white paper about mindset myths last 2022 about the, the mindsets that the farming industry has that's holding its back. Now, one of them is this one that we're touching on quite sensitively here is the, the challenge we have is that so many people get towards the end of their farming career and they have nothing else. Yeah. The farm is their life and it is our life because it is a lifestyle. Farming is not a business. It's a lifestyle. It's the entirety. It's it's much more than a night. It's not a nine to five job for a start. So when people say, leave the farm, you know, leave the farm at home almost and then come back. You can't do that. I and mean, it's a 365 day, uh, 24 hours a day. So the mindset shift that I would recommend as somebody that works with sort of uh, this sort of area with people particularly is that. It is. And the, the two words that I would use to help change a mind shift, two yeah. words, these are them. What if? What if I could <laughs> go and do something? What if I could go and talk to the old folks? What if I could get two holidays next year? Because yeah. the start point has to be the change in the mindset. Because it's rather than yes, but, change those two words to what if. And you start to think about what if I could, what would I need to do to make that happen? The moment you go into the what if mode rather than the yes, but mode, your mind starts to think about opportunities and possibilities rather than restrictions and and, and constrictions. I can't do it. So that's why I say this. I'm almost, this is one of the most important things I think I've said is move into that what if mode, because from a mental health perspective, from a family relationship perspective, let's have a holiday with the children next year. Yes, but I can't do that because I, no, 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 no. What if I could have a holiday with the children next year? The difference, what, if, what if I book it? Yeah, what if I just book it? And then we'll work backwards. <laughs> oh, yes, but what will happen then closer to the time? Then, no, no, no. What if closer to the time we get ourselves organised? What if closer to the time we make sure we take some extra people into the farm if necessary? What if mm -hmm. we hand it over to a consultant for a week? Whatever. And this is not Pollyanna, positive mindset 
No, no, no. Yes. It's actually what if rather than yes, but. I think from a mental health perspective, from a business potential perspective, from a diversion. I've got someone for us to talk to. I just told you about this guy's name. Hopefully we're going to interview that absolutely is a what if sort of farmer. And he's diversified his business into so many different ways. You think, gosh, how does he find the time to do that? He just goes, well, what if I can find somebody to help me to do that? What if I find an expert that can advise me? There are no barriers other than the ones we place on ourselves. And you're right, this isn't Pollyanna fluffy stuff because if you if for anyone sitting there with the closed mindset of oh it's impossible, but 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 here's the challenge to you. Let me be the bad guy and to Paul's good guy. Let me be the yang to the ying here. <laughs> what are the consequences of you not doing this to you, your health, your resource, your finances, your family, the well-being of your business? and the well-being of you and your family. What are the consequences of never, ever making time? Mm. See how that works out for you. (laughs) When would be a good day to put you as the individual first? And Paul and I, especially in this episode, more than others, have used a lot of semantics, quotes, statements, famous phrases and sayings and some people and i used to be so guilty of this paul can be guilty of dismissing them as fluffy woolly semantics they mean nothing they're just words and yet the biggest consumers of personal development motivational stuff are top achievers that leaves clues and i've i've got something at the back of my mind that tells it's niggling at me that i might have said this before on another episode but hell to that because this is important I interviewed a guy called Carl George, a top 10 accountant, everything he did in his life, including martial arts, music industry, and accountancy. He got to the top 10% in his field. A remarkable man. Even in the community, he was remarkable. And he wrote a book that was his mantra. Now, some might go, oh, that's a bit of ego. But, well, actually, listen to this. I asked him, what makes you effective? He says, most people have a poster on their wall or in reception that's motivational and they go, Oh, that's nice. You know, the, the traditional someone standing on the top of a, of a rock in a sunset, punching the air in, in their glorious successful moment with a quote saying, reach for the stars. He says, most people just have a fluffy poster. He says, I live by my mantra. He says, that's what makes me effective. I went, what's the mantra? Threw me a copy of his book across the table, the title of which now get this guys, Imagine obliging yourself to live by this mantra. The book's title was Other People Try, I Make Sure. Mm -hmm. So what if in relation to your well-being, your family's well-being, as well as growing your business, let other people try, you make sure. Is it Yoda on Star Wars famously said, I'm probably going to get this quote hideously wrong, so if there's any Star Wars fans out there, I apologise, but it's something (laughs) on the lines of there is no such thing as try or do not try, just do. Do or do not. Yeah, yeah, do or do not. Do or do not, there is no try. 
Exactly. Yeah. And I think I think this this little short episode we're talking about today, which began with listening to to Jim and the importance of comedy, is really about mindset. It's about where how do we control our feelings? How do we make ourselves feel more confident when we we've got doubts? Because we all have doubts. It is about what's going on between our ears. And that's not always easy. You know, we can all find ourselves in dark places from a mental health perspective. That's part of the human experience. But what if we could find somebody to talk to? What if we could just pick up a CD or CD? Let's yeah. be showing my age now. What if we could pick up a, a podcast or <laughs> a YouTube video that just lifts me in that moment? What if I could diversify my farm business? What if I could get extra income? What if I could write a book about my life, you know, in farming? You know, I love reading books. I'm reading one right now about farming life. And it's interesting to hear what other people have experienced. One of the, one of the um, best-selling books of the last couple of years was The Salt Path, which was just a lady who hit re- and a couple who did really hard times from a farm. They were from a farming background and they lost their farm. And they had decided... Right. If you haven't read the book, no spoiler alerts here, but the husband was very ill and they decided to walk the salt path, which is part of the sort of Devon and coastline. It's now an international bestseller. And it's just that came out of major diversity. And the lady decided to start writing about their experience. If you haven't read it, the salt path, I fully recommend it if you're farming because it's a it's a it's a it's an uplifting story. So what if? You know, you can write about your experience. What if? What if you can expand your farm into ways you've never dreamed of? What if your children maybe are going to take your farm in a different direction to what you're going to do? And what are you going to do in the latter years of your farming career? Find a hobby, write a book, all these things that if you listen to Jim's episode, he talked about, find something you're passionate about off the farm, not just on the farm, could make all the difference to how you feel about yourself, your farm, your family, your future. Wonderful. I think that is a fantastic place to leave this session, Paul. Awesome. Thank you very much indeed. Guys, please do something. Commit to do something. What if you can? See you on another episode of Just for Farmers. Bye-bye. <laughs>